good morning, everyone. Welcome so much. Welcome for coming to our service. We are so glad to have you here. Welcome you who are here all the time, those of you that are visiting, or if you are watching us online, welcome to our service. Um, so you might have noticed that I'm over here and Kim Seegers is over there. We have switched both places and roles today. She's going to lead our service today. You will quickly find out that this is not her first rodeo. She's very gifted in a lot of ways. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Kim, take it away. Well, I wanted to say thank you and um, also welcome to worship. We have people I know who are visiting today from Haiti. I mean, that's pretty far, right? Um, someone in the corner from Iowa. So I, f I hope that you feel a sense of community, a sense of being among family here. And through the words that are spoken, that are sung, that we read from scripture, that you have, you found a nugget of inspiration to take with you through the coming week. Psalm 22, verse 3, tells us that God inhabits the praise of his people. So just think on that a minute. Um, we know where two or three are gathered in his name. He's there. But he's telling us, when you're praising me, I'm there. And that's why we um, here at church intentionally take time at the beginning of the service to just sing praises to the Lord. So whether you can sing good or not doesn't matter. It's the condition of your heart and the authenticness of your worship. So I'm going to invite you to stand and to join us in singing this new chorus, sort of interwoven with some um, old hymn tunes. Thank you.
You may be seated. Good morning. My name is Ian. I'm the youth and family pastor here at Three Lakes Safe Free, and we are just super excited for you to be here. If you are a visitor or this is your first time, we will welcome, first of all. And second of all, we would love for you to fill out a Connect card. Um, they're right in the seat in front of you. Um, you can just put them in the boxes on the back on your way out. Those are also where tithes and offerings can go on that back wall. So on the back of your bulletin, there are a couple of announcements. Uh, both of them are about some ladies' events that are coming up. First of all, there is a Bible study on prayer by Sheila Walsh that's going to start at the end of October. Um, if you would like to attend that Bible study, there are two different times. Um, and if you want more details on that kind of thing, you can talk to Donna Russell. Donna, are you in here? Donna is at the back at the uh, hospitality, hospitality center back there. So if you have questions, you can talk to her after the service. Also, there's a women's retreat coming up next weekend, September 21st through 24th at Fort Wilderness. Um, I have been to Fort Wilderness, and it's a great place to go. I will not be on this retreat, but it sounds like it'll be fun. Um, Ann Appler, our own Ann Appler, will be one of the speakers for that weekend. The church has a cabin already reserved. So, ladies, if you would like to go, the cost is $235, and you can talk to Jackie. There's the um, phone number in there. Now, a couple of announcements that are not in your bulletin. Um, number one, youth group kicks off this week, 5.30, with a cookout here for grades 6 through 12. So if you're a 6 through 12th grader, it's going to be great. Um, or if you're Chuck, because Chuck will be grilling. So thank you, Chuck. Um, so that kicks off this week. And also, next week, we are going to restart an old ministry that we've had for years, but um, because of the growing, our growing church and the growing needs of our kids in their church, we are going to restart uh, Children's Church next week. Um, so 4K through second graders, that will be meeting downstairs during the sermon next Sunday. So this Sunday, no Children's Church. Next Sunday, Children's Church, okay? Um, and then finally, um, on Saturday, October 14th, we, well, so there is a race in Three Lakes, the Three Eagle Race. This is going to be the final one. Now, many uh, in our church run during, for this race, and one of the um, things that we as a church have done is we have run an aid station, the last aid station, um, before getting to Three Lakes on Rice Lake Road is where we usually do it. Um, we are looking for people to run that aid station. So there are a couple different slots, two shifts, 8.45 to 10.30, and then 10.30 to 1. Um, Nate Coach is the one who is heading it up, and he will have everything set up. Um, this is the 10th year that we've sponsored this aid station, which is an awesome thing for our community. That our church has done this for 10 years. Um, this is the last year of the race. Um, if you would like to sign up, there's a sign-up sheet downstairs in front of the office that you can sign up. If you have questions, you can talk to Nate Coach or you can talk to me and I'll get you in contact with Nate Coach. So with that, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much for just who you are, what you have done for us, and the opportunity that we have as a community to gather together and worship you in this place. We ask that you would bless us as we worship you, Lord. Help us to uh, not just have empty words or uh, empty thoughts in our heads as we sing these songs and listen to your word, Lord, but rather that we would honestly worship you and be thinking about your word as um, Pastor Caleb brings it. We look outside and we see... Uh, changing seasons, Lord, and one of my favorite names for you is the Father of Lights out of James 1, where it says that you don't change, that there is no shifting shadows in you, but rather you are the Father of Lights. And even as we look outside and see those changing seasons, that is another picture of who you are, what you have done for us, and just your majesty and order that you bring to this world, Lord. So we thank you for that, and we acknowledge who you are in that. Lord, it's easy to uh, come to church and just go through the motions, um, but 
I pray that we would be a community that doesn't allow us to just do that, Lord, but rather that we would all honestly love you, honestly follow you, and not be ones to throw your word away or to, to say as we hear the, the sermon that these words are for someone else, but rather that we would apply them to us. And as we go out this week into our community and see people that we know or don't know or people that are unbelievers, Lord, that we would just show you well, not show you through a era of uh, self-righteousness or false piety, but rather that we would be honest to those around us as well as to ourselves and as well to you, Lord. We thank you for Pastor Caleb. We ask that you would bless him as he brings the word. And we thank you for just the worship team, the fact that they, um, they bring great worship every Sunday, Lord. And we know that this is not a this is something that they do voluntarily. They're not paid, but we thank you for that. We also thank you for the tech and sound guys in the back who just tirelessly uh, worship you through their, through their service every single Sunday. We ask your blessing on us. We love you, and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So as the worship team comes up, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing a Tommy Walker song. And it's called, He Knows My Name. And the lyrics of that just, I mean, of the millions and millions of people on this earth, he's fully aware of who we are, what our name is, what we're going through. So I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing, He Knows My Name, and then segue into Jesus Loves Me.
morning. Um, many of you know that uh, our church has been uh, involved in supporting a ministry in northern Haiti, Vision of Hope Ministries, for many years. I think it might be 20. I look around here and I can see the faces of many of you that have been there. And uh, we're thankful for that. Uh, we have been blessed to uh, be involved with uh, Pastor Enoch Lucian for all those years. And the Lord called Enoch home in 2020. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, where do we go from here? And it was a period of time when I was praying. Many were praying for that answer. And God did give us an answer. Um, the Lord raised up Pastor Caleb Lucian, Enoch's brother, to carry the baton, carry the torch. And, you know, he's brought a new season into uh, this ministry. And it's exciting to see where we're going to be going and what he has in store. And I'm just uh, thankful and really overjoyed to be working with Caleb. Caleb, would you come up? God bless you. Good morning. Good to be with you, and uh, I want to take this opportunity to uh, thank each and every one of you who has prayed for us, who has prayed for our family over the past few years. As a family, we've gone through to a lot of trials, uh, especially beginning 2019, uh, when we lost our mom. And then uh, a few months later, six months later, we lost uh, Enoch. A few weeks later, we lost our dad. About three months later, we lost two brothers-in-law. But through the whole process, God has shown himself faithful. And uh, we are grateful for the many prayers of so many of you uh, who have sustained us. And, who, and that's what keeps us going. The Lord has been good, and we are grateful that he has called us to serve him. This morning, I want to uh, turn your attention to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 26. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's what Siri does for you. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Siri. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank, thank God for technology. Acts chapter 26, verse 12 to 23. You know that we are living a world, in a world that is in trouble. Everywhere we go, we see problems. You've heard of the problems in, between Russia and Ukraine. You've heard of the problem that just happened in Morocco. You've heard of what happened, the devastating flood in Libya. Our cities are plagued with all sorts of troubles, from crimes to drugs, and our culture is being changed every day. What we thought in the past was absolute make no sense to some today. We live in a world where corruption of every kind is rampant. And people are desperate for the truth. Fortunately for us, the things that we see and things that we've heard are not news to us because the Bible told us that in the last days, those things 
would have to come. But as those things come, we as believers have the responsibility to reach out to the lost and dying world. People need the Lord. And there are no other that can bring that good news to them but us as believers. The apostle Paul was giving his defense before King Agrippa. And it is very interesting that as he was presenting his defense that what he did was presenting his testimony. And his testimony, he told the king what God has done with him. He told his story. I was a devout Jewish that was persecuting the church of God. And in the process of doing so, as he was on the way to Damascus, the Lord spoke to him and saved his life. But through the saving, saving process, he entrusted him with a special message. And that special message, we find it in Acts chapter 26. Let's start reading it. Beginning verse 15. But I say, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. To appoint you as a servant and a witness of things you have seen. And of things in which I will appear to you. I will rescue you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The version of the message puts it that way. I'm sending you to open the eyes of the outsiders so that they may see the difference between God and Satan, that they may choose God. To show them the difference between darkness and light, that they may choose light. And to present them the opportunity to have a part of the inheritance of those who have been sanctified in faith by me. And I ask myself the question, what do I need to be and what do I need to do to be able to reach those people and present the opportunity to them to be part of that great family of God? And as I look at through the life of Paul, and the lessons that I found is that if we want to reach the world for Jesus Christ, we need to have the heart and mind of Christ. We need to think like Christ. We need to be like him. We need to live the way he shows us. We need to be a representative of him. When I was a child, I took the privilege and to let people know that my father was Pastor Lucien. And everywhere I go, if I get into trouble, and they try to get me, and I said, do you know whose kid I am? I am Pastor Sidwan Lucien's child. 
I identify with him. My identity was through him. And as I tried to live my life and be a witness for Christ, I need to be like him. I need to live like him. I need to think like him. I have to develop a mindset that is comparable to his. We have enough fake people living in our world today. Enough people who say they are something that they're not. We need to show the world that we belong to Jesus. And we need to show them that the Jesus that we belong to did transform our lives. And if he did so for me, he can do it for them. If we want to do well for Jesus Christ, not only do we need to have the heart and mind of, of Christ, we need to be willing and committed to reach people wherever they are. You know, my tendency is to go to people I like. People who think like me. People who look like me. People who would accept me the way I am. People I can have good conversation with. But the thing is that if I want to reach the world for Jesus Christ, I need to go wherever he may call me. I hated ministry. I didn't want to be a preacher. As a matter of fact, when my dad told me one day that don't you think it would be wonderful if all of you boys would be preachers, I look at my dad and I say, Dad, you got so many weird people in your church. And that's not for me. More than anything, you, are, you, you say that God can take care of you, but I don't see it. But I've learned also when you can try to do everything that you can to run away from God. But when he has to get you, he's going to get you. And wherever he sent you, you don't have a choice but to say, yes, Lord. And I've come to realize that I may have to go to places I don't like. I may have to go and eat what I don't like. I went uh, to a place in Brazil. I love Brazil. I've been going to Brazil on mission trips since 1990. But they invited me to go speak at a place. And, and when I got there, the, the hostess said, I have a nice meal prepared for you. And I said, okay. There was, table was fixed, garnish, and I look, and I, and I look at the meat, and I said, Lord, what in the world is this? You could see the whole shell of Amadillo. I said, Lord, I understand one of my college professors told me, when you are on the mission field, you have to say, where you, where you lead me, I will follow, and what you give me, I shall swallow. This one, I cannot swallow it. But you have to be willing to go and, and reach people where they are. There are places where no one else would go, but they need Christ. When I was in seminary in Dallas, about two blocks from the seminary campus, there was a project. Kids being exposed to drugs, to sex at the age of 10. 
For some reason, God called a group of us seminary students there. We went. We saw some of them coming to Christ. There are places I go where I don't speak the language. I have to go to an interpreter. But God asked us to go. We go. There are people that are different from you, your neighbors that are different from you. They speak a different language. They think differently. They have a different culture. And you don't have to go too far. You don't have to go across the ocean to find those that are different, but they are next door to you. God said, if you want to reach people for me, you have to reach them for my name's sake. If you want to reach people for Christ, you need to have his heart and his mind. If you want to reach people for Christ, you have to be committed to reach them wherever they are. And if you want to reach them for Christ, you need to be obedient to his voice. I'm very stubborn. And my wife had a a t-shirt for me one day that say Jesus is my boss and that's the only boss that I accept as a matter of fact I haven't worked for anybody for since I was 25 I have worked for myself and uh, but you know I don't have much of a choice when he asks me to do things, but to say yes. When God asks you to go, you don't have much of a choice, but to say yes. I love the words of the song that say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord, Yes. For many years, uh, my brother Enoch had been uh, pressuring me to be a lead pastor of a church. And I always told him, hey, buddy, <laughs> you, can be, you can be pastoring. I am in ministry, and don't, I'll be celebrating 40 years of ministry. But I never wanted to be a lead pastor of a church. Too many trouble. Members give too many troubles, you know. You know. I have to go do visitation. I have to do, I'm comfortable. I was comfortable in, in just going teach, going preach, doing camp, doing pastor seminar, doing leadership training for pastors, empowering pastors. But being lead pastor of a church, that was not my thing. For over 30 years, I fought against it. But in 2020, the Lord made it clear to me, hey, I want you to be there. I didn't have much of a choice. I remember when I was a child, there are a lot of things I did not like to eat. And when I told my mom I didn't want them, and she said, you had to eat them. And I said, why? And she said, because I'm your mom and I tell you to do so. <laughs> you know, when God tells us to do something, obeying God for the believer is not a choice. It's not an option. It's an obligation. And when God asks you to do something, to go somewhere, you don't have much of a choice if you want to live a fully and complete life. The words of the song say, if we walk with the Lord, all we have to do is trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there is no other ways to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. If we want to reach the world for Christ, we need to have 
the heart and mind of Christ. If we want to reach the world for Jesus, we need to be committed to reach people wherever they are. If we want to reach the world for Christ, we need to be obedient to the voice of God. If we want to be reaching the world for Christ, we need to be committed to the word of God. I don't have a message, but the message that he has given me. The message of the good news of the gospel has the power to change lives. He said, the good news for the world is that Christ dies, died for our sin according to the scripture. He was buried, was raised from the dead according to the scripture, and by putting our trust in God, he gives us eternal life. That's the message that we have to proclaim. And if we want to reach the world for Christ, it's not what Caleb wants to say. It's not a message that I have to fabricate. It is the good news of the gospel. And I need to be faithful to communicating that good news. And in ministry, we do a lot of things. We do a lot of social work. We, 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 we feed people. We, we do counseling. We do... We provide education, we do radio, we do everything. But the main reason we exist is to communicate the message of the gospel. And we need to be faithful to it. It's not my message, it's the message of God. And if I want to reach the world, of, the world for Christ, I need to be committed to his word. And to tell people what he wants them to. To hear. In our world today, it's whatever people want to hear. But when it comes to culture and biblical conviction, a culture needs to be subservient to the word of God. They might tell us differently. People may not want to hear what we have to say. But if you don't trust Christ, you know what's happened. You're going to hell. And we need to be willing to tell people the consequences of sin. We need to be telling them what the word of God tells us to tell them. But if we want to read the word for Christ also, we need to be sensitive to the needs of those around us. There are a lot of places that we would get in it's because we are sensitive to people's needs. I remember 2010, an earthquake of high magnitude, 880. Within 45 seconds, over 400,000 people lost their lives. And I remember the next day when I took the drive from Pion to Port-au-Prince, and I got to the cities and walking over dead bodies and no one there to really know, that really knew what to do. We began to show the love of Christ. We began to meet people where they were. We began to see what we could do. Our school buses became trucks to transport supplies from Pion to Port-au-Prince. Within two weeks, we evacuated about 1,500 people from Port-au-Prince to our little town. We show people love. And through the process, many have come to know Christ. And even Christ tells us, they, the Bible tells us, they will know that we are his disciples by our love. When we show people that we care, we have become sensitive to their needs. They are, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to respond to the message of the gospel, but they see that there is a love for them. That person is concerned about me. And maybe I should be willing to listen to the message that he has. 
Isn't what Jesus did? He saw the hungry, he fed them. He saw those who were sick, he healed them. He saw those who were possessed by demons, he cast out the demons. Any physical need that he saw, he addressed it. If we want to reach the world for Christ, we need to be also sensitive to the needs of people. Sometimes people ask me, why do I stay in Haiti? Why do I continue to do what I do? And my response is very simple. I am in Haiti because God, number one, God called me to be there. But also, I am in Haiti because there are needs. And it is impossible to go to a place like Haiti and not seeing physical, emotional, and spiritual need. And I often use a, the words of a little poem to portray the, 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 the great needs that we have that's titled Didn't Truth. He said, let me not live a life that is free from those things that draw me close to thee, for how can I ever hope to heal the wounds of others I do not feel? If my eyes are dry and never weep, how can I tell when the hurt is deep? And if my heart is cold and never, ever bleeds, how can I tell what my brother needs? For when ears are deaf to the beggar's plea and we close our eyes and refuse to see, then we're no longer following our father's way or seeking his guidance from day to day. God enters the heart that is broken with sorrow as he opens the door to a brighter tomorrow, for it is only through our own tears can we recognize the suffering that lies in my brother's eyes. And if my brother has a need and my hands be free, let me love him indeed and in truth. You know, people are hungry. And if they come to you, and you, you said, okay, I don't have food to give you, but I have the gospel to give you. It works sometimes. It works with Paul and Peter. But, you know, in our world today, they want to know that you can, you, you love them. We need to be sensitive to the need of those around us. And finally, if we want to read the word for Christ, we, we need to be aware of the enemy's effort to stop us. Let me tell you, Satan doesn't want to see people being saved. You know why? Because he's trying to drag as many of the world with him to hell. He's going to continue to fight us. He's going to do everything in his power to get people not to accept the message of the gospel. And as believers, we need to stand on our guards. God asks us to flee the lust of this world, to flee all of those things that would hinder us from walking with him. But he asks us to resist the devil as we submit ourselves to him. We need to realize that the enemy is against us. But while he's against us, God made the promise to us he said, the enemy may be against you, but I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. And that's what he said in Matthew 28. He said, lo, I'm with you always. By the power that has been invested in me as the Lord, you can go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have taught you. And he said, Lo, 
I am with you always to the end of the age. The enemy may be against us, but the Lord is with us. And the word teaches us that if the Lord is for us, who can be against us? You know, when I first came to America, I got addicted to one aspect of the American culture. Television. I love TV. I love watching TV. But what I enjoy most about TV are the commercials. They're stupid. And I don't know why they have them. When I first came in, in the 80s, I remember watching a commercial. There were a couple of old ladies standing in front of a counter. Where is the beef? <laughs> you remember that commercial? When I first came to the States, I thought that every single dog in America drinks beer. <laughs> because there was that commercial by Budweiser, and the dog stand there, <laughs> and then at the end of it, it say, tastes great, less filling. I don't know if there are anyone working for Geico here. But Geico has so many stupid commercials. But people have commercials for one reason. They have a product, they want you to buy it. My favorite commercials was, I'm watching the TV, and a group of young men stood behind the television screen. They don't say a word. They stood strong. They look good. Every single girl that you see watching TV just has... <laughs> and at the end of the commercial, all that you see in the back of the screen is we are looking for a few good men. The Army, the Navy, the Air Force. And let me tell you, wherever those few good men go, they make a difference. They defend their country. They're willing to die for their country. They defend your freedom. And if the enemy dares coming to attack them, they destroy them. You should be proud of your good, few good men and women. This morning, I want to tell you that God is looking for a few good men and women that are willing to take on the lost of this world and make the commitment of presenting the message of the gospel to them. And to tell them that Jesus is willing to accept them the way they are. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't ask you to leave whatever bad habit you, are, you have to come to him. He said, well, whichever way you are, come as you are, and I will change you and make you a better man, a better woman. God is looking for a few good men and women that can take his message seriously and take that message and communicate it to the rest of the world. I love the prayer that D.L. Moody used to make. And he said that he made it every morning. And the prayer was, lead me to some souls today or teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and cannot find their ways. Few they are, and few who care, and few they are to pray. Melt my life and fill my heart 
give me one soul today. My prayer is that you would make that prayer, that God would lead you to someone in need of him. Someone who is desperate. Someone who, who is in such need that the only thing that can save him is the message of the gospel. You know, it is the people that need Jesus. They are children, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, our cousins, our grandparents, and our co-workers. You know what happens if they don't trust Jesus? They will go to hell. Let's just ask the Lord to work in us so that we can reach this world for him. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you have reached out to us. And you, that you have taken our place and died for our sins. Cause us to develop a love for the lost that would take, would take your message and communicate it to those that need you. Use us as your instrument. Lead us to the right ones that need you. Give us boldness and cover us with your grace as we go to reach out to so many lost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brett is going to lead us in singing an old Steve Green song. And you can remain seated if you know the chorus and would like to join us. The words will be on the screen.
just hear the words of life only we can share people need the Lord people need the Lord at the end of broken dreams he's the team and thank you pastor caleb um, if you would like to hear more from pastor caleb he will be in cross training at 10:45 up here otherwise children's sunday school starts at 10:30 downstairs youth at 10:45 downstairs and cross training up here at 10:45. if you'd like to join us downstairs for a cup of coffee and some snacks there's some really good cheese that i've already tried down there so just so you know but as you go go in the knowledge that you are the light to a world that Jesus is the only one that can save the dark world that we're in and that we have that answer for them. Go in peace. Mm -hmm.